Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Got a, a guest with us today, actually two people with us, Richard and his wife, Forsyth, Richard Forsyth, the brother of John Forsyth, the doctor that um, went missing on May 21st. And first and foremost, um, thank you. And we are, you know, here to talk to you today with nothing but respect and condolences for you and all your family. And we know you are very appreciative of all the law enforcement, the investigators and the community support. So we just want to say thank you for Richard for being here and give you our sincere condolences for what you're going through. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, it's the second time I had you. I was guest hosting on the Elijah Har show one afternoon. It's been a few months ago and we had you in and it was such a compelling story, but now a lot has, a lot of time has, has passed. And so we want to kind of get an update on what's going on with that. But before we do that, let's go backwards before we go forward. Just tell us what you remember and loved about your brother, Dr. John Forsyth, the, the kind of man, the father, the husband, business partner, best friend he was to you. Just tell us your thoughts on, on what you miss most about your brother. Well, he's my brother. We, um, I've, I've known him all my life. We, growing up, we were together with everything. We shared a room uh, in the house. We got into adventures and misadventures all of our lives. Uh, when I was 15, uh, no, sorry, when I was, uh, yeah, 15, um, we, he and I moved back. We're originally from Canada. We moved mm-hmm. back to Canada together. So we drove together. He was 17. I was 15. We drove together from Springfield, Missouri to Canada to live with our grandparents to go to high school. And, um, we were there without our parents and in many ways without parents. Wow. I mean, my grandparents were there, but we, we basically lived, we relied on each other mm-hmm. every day, everything. Um, we made sure each other was fed, taken care of. He made sure I had rides because I couldn't drive at the time. And, um, man, all of our lives, you know, we, we spent together and as adults, we were very close and also business partners. Um, and we, uh, my mind is just cycling through so many stories. I don't even know what to say, but right. as a man, as a man, he was, um, smartest man I've ever met. Um, and that's saying a lot because I feel like I swim in deep waters in that regard, but uh, smartest man I've ever met, uh, such a compassionate, kind person who is concerned about so many people and just he had so much passion about helping people in general and, and specifically, of course, he loved his kids so much. Um, and he did. He had eight kids. I mean, that's the story itself, but he did have, but he took care of them and he, and he yeah. always took care of the child support and was responsible and, oh yeah. And did what you told me that last time. I mean, he did what he had to do to his fatherly duties. He was very proud of that. He took a lot of time off work to be with them. He took them often on trips, adventures. He just loved being with them. He loved talking about them. If you ended up spending any time talking to him, he'd be pulling up pictures of, his kids and telling us the mm-hmm. latest stories and he was it, just the joy on his face uh, about his kids loved his kids so much so we go back to may 21st you get a phone call that his car has been recovered at the Cassville aquatic center and you described it as kind of a sketchy area if i remember correctly I, it was kind of in a sketchy part of, of the park it was first verbally described to me but then i was able to see a um, satellite picture of the location and then eventually actual pictures and it's uh it was a sort of a public uh, refuse area yeah. with a fence. And so when you sort of see the entrance to this area, the car is mostly obscured by a fence. You can see it from a certain angle, but it's a little hard to see. And so it's clear that the car was meant to be hidden. 
Right. If I remember right, what, did you get the phone call about him not showing up to the ER first, or if, or did you find out about the car being found first? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. the Not showing up for the ER uh, shift was the first phone call, or first sort of fact and bizarre kind of issue that was going on that evening, and that's when I was very concerned. And uh, I was called about that, and uh, I encouraged that some inquiry should be made, and uh, and that was done. And then at that point, the hospital security goes out, and they check the RV because right. he had an RV on, on the parking lot because he would work late nights and right. need to stay and catch a night instead of sleeping in an extra cot or somewhere in the hospital. Exactly. But that was weird, too, because both the vehicle found at the park were unlocked, and inside of that was his cell phones. He had two, one for work and one for his personal, correct? Right. The, the two known phones, we, we always saw them with two phones. They're mm-hmm. there uh, apparently being charged. I, this is all being told to me over the phone. I'm gonna, I, I got calls all night, so I didn't mm-hmm. sleep at all. And I got an update. We found his phones are charging. And when I heard that, I said, call the police. Yeah. And then in the RV, there was, there was, it was unlocked and lights were on and laptops and all kinds of stuff was found in there as well, correct? Yeah, stuff he never would go without. Okay. So now we know something's up. Now, yeah. now the, the cat's out of the bag and something is not right. And you know your brother and this isn't like him. And you said that the, by the way, I remember you saying over and over how great and wonderful the Cassville Police Department was to work with that night. Yeah, I must say, I didn't have, um, a lot of days with them, but throughout the, the, following two three days they were really really nice and and very professional and they worked so hard Um, they did recover some security camera footage reviewed and even though it's grainy like all security footage is you were very adamant that was your brother in that footage no i did not see the footage oh i thought you said okay it was only described to me okay um and in fact the um what was described to me so he was wearing very descriptive clothing Mm-hmm. A black long sleeve shirt and light blue gray uh, jeans. In the photo that was described to me, uh, you see a person who's wearing black top, mm-hmm. light colored pants, uh, long sleeve, and then a black car. He drove an Infinity, okay. a black Infinity, and uh, he pulls up, or at least what appears to be him, pulls up to this place. Um, and uh, he is seen outside the car at, at a certain point, and and and. I don't even know if that's actually him at this point. Right. Okay. And then he he's seen there's a white SUV that showed up. I think if I remember correctly. Right. And and at this point, in, at the time, it was described as having some connection to my brother's car. But at this point, we don't even know that. So there is a a white SUV that shows up in frame. I have no idea if it has anything to do with my brother or if there's any interaction whatsoever. So at this point, though, it, it's definitely not right. Something's wrong. Right. And the next day or two, a manhunt begins, basically, in, in the search of your brother and where, what could have happened to him. You guys had some family theories. I mean, now, by, I think it was the next morning, you finally had to notify the entire family about what's going on. Now they're all involved. Right. And theories amongst your family begin to rise. Like, did he go back to Canada? I remember you talking about that. Right. He was a member of a... He was adopted by a native tribe in Canada, and he had a an ID that, in North America at least, is the equivalent of a passport. Um, you can cross borders and fly with one of these, and we thought, well, that would be a pretty great way to make a getaway. And he was very close with these guys, and um, you know, this was a this is kind of a a place you can go to escape mm-hmm. uh, because these are sovereign territories, right? Um, 
And the reason we would be thinking all of this, why would he need to escape from what, you know, um, the evening that he went missing, I was told a story of an abduction in 2022 that I had never heard. Um, I am not a witness to any of these events. It's just as related to me by a third party. Um, I was amazed by this. I was absolutely shocked, horrified. I mean, my, you know, it, it was just one event after another, right? Horrifying me throughout the night and yeah. then the next day. And then, of course, as a couple of days go by, things begin to surface, you know, about, you know, cryptocurrency challenges or, and, you know, him and being involved with some, some shady things and those kind of things. But you were a business partner with him in that. And if anybody would have known, that would have been you. I remember you talking about that. Like that, that wasn't even an issue. As the story was related to me, the abduction in 2022 was related to cryptocurrency. Oh, that, that's right. And that shocked me because I am his cryptocurrency partner. And, uh, you know, if, if he is, if someone is threatening him with regards to cryptocurrency, I am so close to that, that that, then that means me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Once again, if you're just joining us, we're visiting with Richard Forsyth, the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsyth, who went missing. Uh, in May and later found at Beaver Lake. And, and what he was just referring to, I kind of forgotten about it, was there was a story that did come out that he was kidnapped and released in February of 2022. He was zip-tied. It was a very cold night. He was frozen, shaken, and it was very frightening for him in that situation. As related to me, again, I'm not a witness to any of these events, and he never related any of this to me. Yeah, you just found out from a mutual friend that that actually had happened. That's right. Yeah. Wow, so then eight days later, after all this stuff's hitting the news, extensive research, his body shows up at Beaver Lake. At this point, now even more questions arise, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, we Our family was together for a dinner that evening and a Missouri state trooper showed up to tell us that he had been found and I'll never, yeah, I'll never forget that. Uh, but the next morning, the Benton County Sheriff's department, they issued a statement that he was found with an apparent gunshot wound to the head. Mm-hmm. So now it's pretty clear that we have a murder on our, that's happened. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to keep Richard Forsyth here with us. And when we come back, that's kind of recapping up to this point what we know. We're going to talk about what has been discovered moving forward, um, what the latest on the investigation is. And, and just for the record, there is no solution. We don't know who did it. Uh, it's still an ongoing investigation. And Richard has been very, very thankful for the Benton County Sheriff's Department, the Missouri State Highway Patrol, and the Cassville Fire, or Police Department. Uh, very thankful, but we, we do want to find out what he's learned, and we'll do that coming up next right here on Wake Up Springfield. So it's been 108 days since Dr. Forsyth went missing and then eight days later found, and we are speaking with his brother Richard Forsyth here on Wake Up Springfield. And, and Richard, we know that all of your large family has been cleared. That came out not too long after the investigation once they got the phones. So your your family was cleared from any possibility of being involved with this very early on from the from the authorities we were told by the uh criminal investigators that they did not suspect family right. um well once again i know that you respect all the investigators and appreciate their hard work and and um and and, and we're looking for closure at some point you hope that they do are successful so we don't want to <clears throat> excuse me say anything that's going to to do something that's going to cause a, a challenge with this investigation we want to make sure that we're telling what we know and they're only going to tell you what they can tell you so that it doesn't impede on that investigation as well but 
there are some things that you have questions about what's being told to you. And, and first of all, I know the autopsy has been done, but they have not disclosed the full results of that autopsy yet to you. Is that correct? That's correct. We've uh, applied for a copy of the uh, autopsy report, but it, um, the last we were told, we still await toxicology um, results. So. So they're, they're holding back on telling you what they think or where, where the entrance and the exit wound were or if there was an exit wound, which I guess there wasn't because you told me they also were able to find out, um, what caliber of gun and maybe even what model it was based on, on, on the bullet. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We're told that they, um, they believe that they know the, the caliber and the, um, the manufacturer, not the model. So you've done some investigating into that and, and, do you believe that what they've been able to tell you and cast your criminology background and through college, I mean, doing the ballistics test on, on those bullets, does the research you found actually go along with what you think that they were able to tell you about the make and model? I've only looked into it very cursory in a very cursory sense, but, um, from what I've been able to find, um, the, the information is mixed about just how much you can tell from a bullet. So I really, at this point, I really don't know, but, um, the criminal investigators are saying that they they believe what they believe, so I guess I'm just sort of going with that. Yeah. You know? So going back to the autopsy, why for you is it so important that you get a copy of that? What do you want to discover from that? The truth, um, as much as possible since these events occurred, we have just been groping in the dark for anything uh, we can find out about what happened and why. Uh, we, we, we're just so surprised and horrified by all of this um, me especially, I suppose, uh, there, there is a, a component of wondering if there still is danger, if there's still attention on us from someone who did this or people who did this. And, uh, we, we don't know if we're in danger or besides that, wanting to know why my brother was taken and what happened to him. And, uh, it, it is something that is, uh, that you just cannot let go of, uh, with someone you loved. Uh, you, you have to know why and, um, and what happened. I, re- I remember when you were a guest last time, you said that one of the things that you were, I mean, almost, it was, it was very emotional, but basically you said, you know, if, if this was, if this happened or if this whole entire thing happened to protect you. I wondered about that. And I, uh, given my proximity to him and the events that are claimed to be relevant to all of this, I, I've wondered if the fact that he told me nothing, um, makes me think he was protecting me, and mm-hmm. that's a heavy thing to we're, consider. We're, and, and if I remember right, you have five sisters, correct? Yeah. And you guys do have dual citizenship, Canada and America. Mm-hmm. All of you, I think? Um, I don't think all of us do. I was born in Canada. Okay. Uh, one of my other sisters was born in Canada. The rest of us were born in America, and some of us still have dual citizenship. I, I'm not sure if we all do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, it's just, it's a big family. And yeah. were, were, were any of the other family members as involved in business as you were? Uh, not in this business. Not in that business. Not, okay. None of them were involved in cryptocurrency. In the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they've told you the possibility of what weapon it was. They haven't told you the exact location of where the impact was that murdered your, your brother. Uh, it's something that you would like to get closure on. You're, you're trying to figure out, you know, are you still in danger is, I mean, obviously there's a killer out there. I mean, it's plain and simple and we got to be very careful about this next question, but there have been some theories floated around from the investigators. And one of them was maybe he planned this himself. 
Yeah, but you're know, adamant that he would never do that. I would like to say that the police have have maintained throughout this investigation that they do not think that we're in danger, and I don't want to be confused as, as sort of floating that idea. Um, the only reason I mention that is because my brother was murdered, and it's mysterious. Yeah, I, I have true. no other information to suggest that. Um, this is just sort of where the the mind wanders when there's no answers. But um, the police wonder if maybe he arranged all this himself. Now. Um, they have to investigate all theories by the oh, way of course, they have of course. to th- they have to throw everything up on a whiteboard we've all seen it in the crime shows uh, they got all these theories they take the strings and they move them across the board and they try to tie all the leads together but this was one that th- that was thrown out there that you you said you there's no way that happened i i do not believe it happened i i've told the investigators that um i've i've confirmed with them i've acknowledged to them that of course i don't know everything about him I don't know, every, every thought or feeling he had. Right. He may have been hiding, he clearly was hiding things from Something. me, so maybe he was hiding a lot more. Um, the reasons I don't believe that he arranged this are that he was extremely happy. He was making plans. He and I were making plans. Mm-hmm. Um, he was optimistic. He was. Uh, the last time I saw him was on the 17th. We had a three-hour dinner, and he was the happiest I'd seen him. I said it twice. This is the hap- I'm so glad you're so happy. You seem really great. Uh, he had just proposed... Well, he the following day he proposed to his girlfriend who was pregnant. And he mm-hmm. was excited about this. He mm-hmm. told me he found the love of his life. He 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 was just amazed at his his great fortune, his blessing, and, and having found her. And um, he was planning to go out to see his kids and uh, to uh, to reconnect with them. He was he had plans to reconnect with an old uh, friend. He ha- he and I had investment plans. We were renovating a building together. We were so excited about it. We talked with. He talked with so much enthusiasm and so much specificity about what we were going to do and how it was going to go and uh, our, our cryptocurrency project together. He, he, we had specific plans that he was extremely excited about. And uh, it's just – and anyway, besides that, he was a great man. He was a compassionate man. He lived to serve and to help others, and he had so much love. Uh, people who are like that, they don't just dump everything. Yeah. Hey, Richard. For you, yeah. Richard, I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. You know, because I got five kids. I'm just thinking about the kids, you know. How old is this kids, if you mind saying, and how are they doing? The kids range from extra, very young to adults. Um, they're, they're struggling. They each have their own personality, and they, they grieve in their own ways, but they're having a very difficult time. We all are. It's, uh, it's, uh, we all feel like we've been gravely injured by these events. It, it, I, I've, I've been through three surgeries in the last year, and it's remarkable how much this feels like post-op. Hmm. It's just the next day after surgery, and you feel like you've been mugged, you know, it just then stabbed, you know. It just it, the physical side of this, the pain is it is it is very real. Again, we're visiting with Richard Forsythe, the brother of the Cassville doctor, John Forsythe, who went missing back in in May and later found in Beaver Lake. Are we going to see this show up on? I know at one point, like like a um a dateline or anything like that is that is that something that we may see in the future uh there's a very real possibility we've already started shooting a 2020 documentary okay um and uh there are talks with some other investigative shows uh in fact commitments mm-hmm. um until they're done they're not done of course but um yeah there are commitments to do this you think this is ever going to get solved i don't know um i know this um Wherever this criminal investigation goes, 
Um, if it is unresolved or partially unresolved by the time that they have to conclude it, then we're going to keep looking for answers. Hmm. Uh, we, we've, as a family, we've talked about hiring uh, private investigators. Right. Um, possibly, I don't know how people do this, but petitioning other other organizations to help us. We, we don't really know what resources are out there and what we can do, but we are not, we're never going to stop looking for answers until we have them. So there you have it. We've been talking to Richard Forsyth. There are really no breaking news, no new updates other than they're still continuing the investigation. The autopsy has been done, but has not been released to the family. Uh, they believe they've identified the make and model of, of the gun that actually murdered his brother. Um, there's no suspects. The family's been completely cleared. And it's an ongoing investigation, and they're investigating every possible theory that they can come up with. Is that That's about where we're at, wouldn't you say, Richard? Uh, they've identified, uh, they believe, the um, caliber of the bullet and the manufacturer, but not the model. No, not. As, as to my knowledge. Okay, so the manufacturer and the caliber. Okay, mm-hmm. there you go. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we appreciate you coming in, and maybe, in a, I don't know, if we get some more updates down the road, we'll get I you back so. in here, and we want to continue to support you and your family. Thank Thank you you. so much. All right. It's coming up on 8 o'clock, and we'll have a news update and weather with uh, our KWTO News Center on Wake Up Springfield.